what we do here is go back, 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 back. He sent me pictures, so suck on that, Tommy and Foster. Not Foster Murrow. Foster Murrow's a G. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald and the cold takes exposed of the century. Raiders declining Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option um, at $8 million. Yes. Dude is on a different different level at the moment. Um, we will get into that. Got a lot to get into. Got a got a in, in-game, in-person game this weekend. But before all of that, Andrew, how are you? I'm great, man. You you mentioned it. We it's Thursday, Thursday evening. Me, you, Mel Dreamy, and little Mel Dreamy heading out to Vegas early Saturday morning. So very excited about that. Very excited to be in person, see the stadium, have a boys' trip. But uh, yeah, it's Victory Thursday. You know, we have we've had two of these victory weeks um, with the Raiders beating the Broncos two weeks ago and then most recently beating the Seattle Seahawks in overtime 40 to 34 another exciting one both in overtime both in overtime back-to-back OTs would be worth the price of admission if we got another OT game um, this coming weekend but excited for the trip excited that uh, you know we kind of talked about it with beating the Broncos when you're like okay so we're three and seven now and it's like, do we want to keep winning? You know, here we are. But now that we've won two in a row, I'm just like, I love this. I think we've got a shot now. You know, Back just it flips it. <laughs> yeah, flips it on its head. Um, so, you know, it's um, good vibes all around. But, yeah, excited. Excited for the trip. Excited the, the Raiders are on a little bit of a run here. But um, as mentioned, Raiders defeat the Seahawks 40-34. to Micah, what were some of your key takeaways from last Sunday's dub against all 12 men? in seattle yeah it was man hell of a game it was one that started off pretty rough right so i'm gonna take you through my day little backstory bonnie's mom and her husband were in town visiting right so after church we go to brunch go to a local spot and they had the game on on the tv so i'm like perfect first play Car throws an interception and it's like, oh, okay. And that's starting off great. And I'm like sitting there trying to be normal at brunch, but of course, very hard to do. Sorry, for context purposes, how many interactions have you had with the in-laws up to this point? Just curious. Um, I mean, a decent amount. I mean, it's okay. not, you know, it's not like a, a very low number. It's, I mean. How many times have they stayed the weekend at your house? One time last year when we lived okay. in Chico. Fair so. enough. So context is key. So. Yeah, great. exactly. So watching the game there, not going great. Uh, only good thing is that I've got Debbie's pancakes in my belly. But go back to the house, and Bonnie and her mom went shopping at Chico. Me and Jerry stayed at home watching the game. It was cool, hanging out on the couch watching the game. So the whole time it's going, and you know, just watching it, and and you know, it's going back and forth. I think we we kind of got a little bit of that patented Geno Smith game, like I was. Uh, talking about only had one interception should have had two interceptions um but you know when you're when you're talking about a bad decision uh type of thing geno smith had a two interception day i think one amazing thing that i didn't realize until after the game was that 
the uh, Raiders held Kenneth Walker to 26 rushing yards on 14 attempts, and he got 12 of those yards on the first on his first run or something, something along those lines. It was like yeah, and it was a touchdown. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So that was fantastic. They were able to do that. So fast forward, Josh Jacobs balling out, right? Uh, having all these just big runs. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward to the end of the game and then bounce back to some things. So bear with me as I do this. Um, so we're in overtime, right? What we turn the ball over and then we get the ball back. Max Crosby, just an absolute beast. So we get the ball back, and right as we get the ball back, Bonnie and her mom shows back up from shopping. Turnover, right on downs. We're getting the ball back. I made the assumption that they were going to go to commercial. That happens very often, right? Very often. I go out, say hi, help them with their bags, come back inside, and everybody's celebrating. And Jerry was like, oh, man, you missed it. You missed the greatest play ever. And it was Jacob's you know, 80-yard run um, to win the game. So bittersweet ending to that game. I didn't really care because I was like, hell yeah, they won. It was up and down, you know, emotionally throughout the whole game. But I also thought, you know, I, that was probably good luck that I that I walked outside and missed it because he probably, if I was sitting there watching it, he'd probably get stuffed in the backfield for a three-yard loss. So not to brag, but I helped us win the game by walking out yeah, of the room. Absolutely. Anyways, I'm all over the place with this, but we it was unbelievable the game that Josh Jacobs had. Only player in NFL history since 1950. 225 plus rushing yards, 70 plus receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Um, also beat Napoleon Kaufman's all time Raiders record by like two yards, I think. Um, 227 Kaufman had in a game. I think Bo was right behind him there with 220 ish, somewhere around there. I think against the Seahawks also, um, like 30 years ago or whatever, some, yeah. some stupid <laughs> number. <laughs> and it was like to the, to the date, I think. That was the Bosworth game. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday was the actual date, but it was like to the week. Yeah, all in all, it was it was amazing. You know, I thought for the most part, everybody played pretty well, uh, played pretty sound. I mean, obviously, Josh Jacobs just carried everybody on their back, and n- nobody else really had to do a whole lot. You know, they just complimenting him for the most part. But he even had an assisted passing touchdown on that flea flicker to Mac uh, Mac Hollins. So That's true. I mean, just putting him, in the, put him in the stat stat column and everything just about. But yeah, all in all, great game. I mean, I, like we continue to talk about, it's like, how much is that really worth? Unless you're going to make a run and win out the rest of the season and make the playoffs, which we are going to do. Uh, I think we've jumped up to, I think we're still around like 95% likely to make the playoffs if we win the rest of our games. So hang on to that one. But yeah, all in all, great game. Good game to watch fun to see jacobs just continue to run away with the proverbial bag very soon at the end of this year so yeah no doubt it's it's funny i didn't realize we had this much um to talk about around the setting and environment of the the game too um so you you did experience some adversity there um the reason i asked for context is because depending on how many hangouts you have with the in-laws the the precedent shall be set one way or the other about when the game's on right um, and so just curious, cause I've been like, I'm not going to brunch, nothing against you guys, but you stay here all the time, you know, at my house, but, um, but I love them. Um, they're men loss, but, uh, yeah, so I actually watched the game with, um, with Jake brother-in-law, he's been on the podcast before and, um, he streams it off of a legitimately it's called meth streamers, meth streaming site. It's, that's what it's called. 
And it's actually pretty good. He's got it dialed in pretty well. The only thing is that the audio is a little bit ahead of the video, right? So it'll be like car to Jake or car hands off to Jacobs, Jacobs first down and like car is just taking the snap. So then you're like, whoa, this has already happened. And you're like watching it. It's kind of like watching sports center kind of. So there's that. And then we were both talking about like the audio, man. It's, it's, it keeps it interesting because it's like, oh, and that's a touchdown. We're like, how? And he's like, you know, and that gets in. So anyways, we're watching the game and then um, it gets all the way down to overtime on our first drive. And Jake was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I can't listen to the audio. I'm going to cut the audio here right before Carlson kicks. Okay. Literally like bef- right before the snap and Carlson misses it. Not Jake's fault. Just pointing out the facts. Okay. So then we left it on mute from there. Um, we end up getting the stop and then because it's a streaming site, right? You can, you can lag a little bit, right? You can be a little bit behind. So Raiders get a stop, like you said, get the ball back, goes to um, commercial. And then I get a, a little notification on my watch, like just a little buzz. And I, and I, I didn't anticipate, I, I didn't think we're that far behind, right? But I looked at it and it just said, game over, Raiders win. I'm like, what? I'm like, there's no shot. Like it had to be something wrong with my, my Apple watch. And then it was just bang, 85 yards, 87, whatever to the crib. So um, yeah, very exciting game. Um, Jacobs, huge game. Um, now he's leading the league in rushing yards. Um, I thought Carr played really well, you know, outside the two picks. One, obviously a bad read. Um, the second one was a bad read, um, but it, it was a tip ball that, you know, Quandre Diggs was over the top of it. It's safety that he got picked off, whatever, right? He'll take it. Um, but I thought the defense did their defensive ways of giving up some big plays, um, but also just being able to kind of, um, in crunch time, you know, buckle down. It did not expect after we missed the field goal to get a, just a straight three and out, right? Um, didn't expect that at all. But Crosby, obviously the leader of that defense, he saw Denzel Perriman get a pick. You could tell he had never got a pick before in his life because he ran over Jayon Brown. And also, I don't think he was supposed to be there. It's funny, they're like, yeah, you can see Perriman. Usually you undercut the route, but he played over the top. And that's what made Lockett settle. Like he wasn't, he should have undercut the route. You know, he just, he's like, I'm going to get depth on you. And then just sat there and Gino threw it to him as Lockett settled. But anyways, it was just hilarious. But, you know, things that went our way like that, right? Where it's like, um, obviously, you know, we, we capitalized on some turnovers. We've got three sacks on the day, which I think we had 14 going into that game. You know, got some turnovers on defense, muffed a punt. I think it was before um, overtime in the fourth of pump and, and recovered it. Right. Like those things just kept going our way and we stayed in it. And then Jacobs just on heroic effort overall, you saw Devonte Adams flash a little bit, but still he wasn't like, you know, the, the feeding Devonte Adams the whole time, which I think we're finding out a good balance, right. It's not just the running game, but you tell Carr is being like, it's there. And if not, he trusts other people. You trust Matt Collins. You trust Foster Moreau. You know, Jacobs, Abdullah, they did a great job out of the backfield. Um, even Keelan Cole got in there too. So what I liked on the passing side of it is that you didn't see just that concerted effort just to force everything to Adams because no Waller, no Renfro. Um, and so Adams still made the plays where he could. That one-handed catch was pretty amazing. But outside of that, defense plays good, you know, good enough to win offense. I mean, it, we're we're probably one of the hotter offenses right now in the league. You know, I, you could tell, and I don't think the Seahawks defense has been game records by any means, but it's still a pretty pretty solid defense that has been a big part of the reason for their success. We over 500 yards against them. You look at the week before, really one of the only teams, I guess, prior to the Panthers game. You know that that were able to move the ball in the Broncos and and being able to put up points against them twice this year now. So I think the offense has has caught steam. Um, defense is playing good enough. I think they're they're starting to get more creative with getting pressure. They're blitzing a little bit more. They're trusting their guys on the outside, and we'll take those gambles because we know it's a lot better than just 
having the double team on Crosby and rushing four, right? Um, I think you saw some interior defensive line um, with Billings, Bilal Nichols. Um, they made some, they made their presence there too. So overall, good win. I mean, on the road, it was just great to see. Connor was at the game, actually. I don't know if I told you that. Connor, my buddy, we've mentioned him on the podcast, but they have family in Seattle, so they all went to the game. His dad and his brother are Seahawks fans, so he sent me pictures. So suck on that, Tommy and Foster. Not Foster Murrow. Foster Murrow's the G. Foster Daly, he's a loser because they lost. So good dub. Good dub for the Raiders. I'm happy. It is one of those things that we talked about. Now, what is the probability that we're going to make a run six straight? High, higher than last week. So here we go. Um, but yeah, higher than us making seven straight. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. Yep. I think that that math checks out. But yeah, good job for the Raiders. I'm sorry. I just want to say one thing. Um, I just want to put it out there, Jake. I know that struggle um, because yeah. unfortunately, last year I found out that where the NFL's coverage map on the games that they play. It, it literally, like the coverage of the of the Raiders games in Las Vegas, like the cut on where it billows out is like right between Paradise and Chico. So like Dan would get the games in Paradise on TV just normally, and then I just wouldn't. I'd have like the Seahawks Cardinals or like the Rams or any Niners game that's on because they just like wear that like coverage map just cut out, just took Chico out of the – uh, map so i i had to anything that wasn't like an individual you know 125 game the only game that day or anything that mm-hmm. was uh, nationally televised it's right there with you yeah. trying to back alley stream it not quite methstreams.com it's actually i think crack streams is what it crack was streams, um, it gotcha. was one of the heart yeah mine was dracula dracula streams or batman streams i, I think are the two that i would stream. anyways stream. so just want to say that that's all yeah, um, but no, we made it work. But moving on to week 13, we have the Las Vegas Raiders at home taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Raiders currently are um, one-point favorites at home, over under 50 and a half. would imagine one of the higher over-unders of the week. And then just to give the people some context outside of the fact that we will be present, um, just some injuries to take note of. Um, on the Chargers side, you have Corey Lindsley. This, um, he's an offense center. That's the only position for center. Um, Trey Pipkins, offense tackle. Nasir Adderley, a safety. Mike Williams, a wide receiver, all questionable for the Chargers. And then you have Derwin James, who looks like is probable. Um, he did participate, um, but I believe he has a hip issue or an ankle issue that he's dealing with. Um, and then on the Raiders side, you have um, Colton Miller, Josh Jacobs are, it looks like they're probable. Both were able to return to practice today on a limited basis. I know Jacobs, they were um, going to have a big, you know, slow progressive plan um, this week as far as practice goes. Keep keep him healthy. And something we forgot to mention, he was questionable going into the game against Seattle. So thank goodness for that. A calf issue too. It's calf, yeah, it's like a calf strain. Um, but uh, Miller was questionable as well going into the Seahawks game. So um, those guys will, they were limited this week. That was the plan all along. And then um, on um, on the defense side, we have Andrew Billings, who is questionable. You saw him get banged up in the Seahawks game. And then Brandon Bolden is questionable as well. Um, so that is as of Thursday. Um, today we'll get more of a final report tomorrow. But um, that is the injury report going into it. Um, something to note as well, obviously, um, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, um, on the IR right now, but also um, 
the sorry, but also Joey Bosa, um, defensive end, who usually gives us fits. He's on the injured reserve, so um, as well as J.C. Jackson. So two key members on the defense for the charges that are out, two key members of the Raiders offense that we have known um, are on the IR. So um, as we have previewed, this it was week one, but we did preview both sides of the ball. We are going to do what we do on the second game of a divisional opponent, and we're going to go just keys to victory. So, Micah, please take it away, keys to victory. Let's do this. Yeah, so it's interesting going into this game because we, you know, the last time we saw them was literally the first week of the season. Looking back at things, uh, when I was going back to do some research on the game, kind of figure out what I wanted to talk about, we had the most statistically terrible beat ourselves on paper type of game against the Chargers, and we still almost won. We still were, were within one score of winning the game. So looking back at it, uh, Carr had three interceptions against the Chargers. Um, He also had two fumbles. Uh, He did not lose those fumbles, but he did fumble twice. We saw Hunter Renfro, who fumbled as well, um, did not lose that fumble either. But looking back at it, we are a couple lost fumbles away from having six turnovers against the Chargers last time we played them. Uh, Not to mention the five sacks that they had against us, five or five and a half sacks, something ridiculous. And so, I mean, the biggest thing in this game is just going to be protecting the ball and protecting the quarterback. Um, With Joey Bosa out, it's obviously going to help. Still going to have Khalil Mack on the other side. So we'll see how they're able to do it. But the offensive line seems to be doing all right in in regards to protection the last few games. That's going to be the biggest thing, I mean, is keep people off a car. We know that when car starts to get pressure, when he starts to get hit, that's when he starts to make mistakes. And... Yeah, I just think that the, the first time we played them, it really showed, one, the struggles we were having with our offensive line, and two, just how hella good their defensive line um, is and has the ability to be. So if our defense can kind of stop Austin Eckler like he did last time as well, obviously that's going to go a long way in helping things. He is someone that I feel like I feel like he kind of has like Jamal Charles-esque-ness against the Raiders where he could just completely go off for like, six touchdowns and 200 yards or just do nothing. I mean, we do, we stopped them last time. So we can kind of have back-to-back games of, of being able to stop running backs uh, like we did with Kenneth Walker. That would be fantastic, obviously. But all in all, I think it's um, it's pretty chalk on the keys of the game. You know, we, we went out there, we turned the ball over a bunch, and we still almost beat them. I think if we can take care of the ball, just keep jo- Josh Jacobs going uh, with what he needs to do, I mean, I think that that – can and has shown to be able to sustain our offense if Jacobs can get going and the passing game just kind of has to, you know, do enough to take advantage of certain situations. Now, we did see last time uh, with uh, Devontae Adams, he had 17 targets, 10 receptions, and 141 yards. I think, like you said, we've kind of found some balance on being able to spread the ball around. It has helped that the running game has been so uh, efficient and good lately, but it's going to have to kind of be spread around and not so much of just like feed Adams, feed Adams, feed Adams. It is shown to be successful, but at the same time, we got to have Matt Collins involved. We got to have Foster Moreau involved, all these other guys, even, you know, like Jacobs got very involved in the passing game as well. So I think just being all around balanced and then just taking care of the football. You know, not having these two nerves, not throwing these interceptions, these drive killers. I do also feel like this offense is starting to kind of get 
the Josh McDaniel system. I think things are starting to kind of set in a little bit. I think things are getting figured out. We're seeing some some pretty uh, some pretty fancy play calls from Josh McDaniels. Uh, he had that one play where he split out Jacobs wide and just did a little delay slant over the middle for like 25 yards. It was pretty sweet. But anyways, I hate this team. I hate this team because they're so much better than they're playing. And I know they can go out there and win these games. And then they get to this point where they're four and seven. And it's like hard to believe in them, but I still believe in them. They go out there, get these two wins. And it's just so much of a Raiders thing to kind of go on a little bit of a run, drop us into like the 11 to 15 range in the draft, (laughs) kind of just screw us in that regards and kind of make a fake run for the playoffs. But damn it, if they're going to do it, I'm all behind it. Let's roll. Let's absolutely do this thing. It's frustrating because like they are so much better than they've played thus far. Thinks things are starting to click. Do I think it's a little too late? Yeah, probably more, more than likely. But fuck it, let's hit this uh, roller coaster ride throughout the rest of the season and then just see where the chips lie when they land. We will see the chips lie where they land. Indeed. No, I'm with you. I um, I'll get into my keys of the victory keys to the victory because I'm speaking it into existence. It will be the victory. But yeah, I mean, first and foremost, pound the rock. We got to pound the rock against these guys. We got to keep Jacobs going. That's a no duh. Um, but I think what that has allowed us to do is, is to really be one of the most balanced um, offenses in the league right now. Um, I think you can, if, I mean, obviously 500 plus yards, you know, against any team is going to be pretty good. But you look at it with Jacobs, how effective he was against a run with Carr still being able to outside those two picks against Seattle, um, still being able to push ball downfield through through for 280 plus um, right around there. But we got to pound the rock against these guys. Um, Chargers defense, run defense, 29th ranked against the rush there um, versus a number one Raiders run offense, according to PFF, number one rated. Um, so definitely an advantage there. Um, and then really, I think we got to keep, you know, keep bringing the heat. So um, Chargers are 23rd in um, 23rd ranked pass blocking team. Um, you know, as mentioned, I think we came into last week with 13, 14 sacks, something like that. Um, and we ended up with three sacks um, against the Seahawks. I think we need to take advantage of banged up offensive line, keep Crosby doing his Crosby things, but also get that interior pressure. Um, might get Nate Hobbs back, something we didn't talk about, but might get Nate Hobbs back. So that's going to be huge for our defense, but being able to blitz off the edge do some stunts on the D line, continue to bring the heat on defense. Cause that just is, that is always going to help. It's another no duh. It's always going to help a defense that just doesn't have those blue chip players at, you know, all three levels, right? We really just have Crosby. Everyone else has their really their strengths and definitely their weaknesses. Um, so I think bringing that heat will play man. We, we have shown that we can just play man and we'll just deal with it. I think that's what we got to do. I think this is a chargers team as well that they don't even want to run the ball like they tried to and but it really all kind of comes from Herbert out of the backfield so I think you I, I, I think we'll see the Chargers get a little bit more balanced um, in that um, to start um, as far as their offensive game plan but as you have seen the Raiders have done a good job at stopping the run um, you know at least as far as strengths go so I think you can get a little bit imbalanced there that's when it's going to be a true passing down we can just bring some pressure attack that offensive line that's not very strong. And then um, number three, it's kind of what he already talked about, right? Um, taking your, you know, taking those shots in the passing game. Last week, the Raiders had five players with a reception of 15 yards or more. Um, so being able to get creative with the the scheme, um, you know, getting, getting Matt Collins in space, you know, that flea flicker was crazy, especially on the 30 yard line. But 
it worked. <laughs> Jacob's got the assist, but you saw it was like Adams delayed and he just ran that kind of that uh, straight go route up the middle, um, seam route up the middle. And then Matt Collins and two people just flew with him. Matt Collins is just like trotting over the middle, catches it. He goes to the crib. So um, I think you saw a lot of good work, um, as mentioned, with Jacobs and um, uh, Abdullah out of the backfield um, in the passing game. So I think as much as we need to keep a balance there, I think being able to work off play action as always, but also take our shots, get creative, um, and really attack this Charger secondary that is banged up. As mentioned, no J.C. Jackson like you talked about with Joey Bosa um, being hurt and then um, or being out as well. Derwin, James, and this year Adderley are banged up. They both probably will play, um, but still a banged up secondary that I think we'll be able to take advantage of. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be another Raiders Chargers game. Like, let's just be real. Like this could go to overtime and it would be crazy, but it wouldn't be surprising. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fight, but definitely a game that, you know, going into it, the Chargers were five and five last week, and they ended up beating the Cardinals on a two-point conversion on the last play. Um, so they ended up being six and five. But really, and I know this is like hypothetically, but if they would have lost that game, they're five and six, we're four and seven. We're not so different, you and I. Or if you want to play even more so, hindsight twenty twenty, we're four and seven. We dropped three games. We're up three possessions, seventeen points plus. We could easily be seven four. Doesn't matter. We're four and seven. They're six and five. I think we're better than this team. We're favored by a point at home, whatever. But I think that we have a good shot before I get to my prediction, Micah. No, I'm going to go. My prediction, 31-27 Raiders. Let's go, baby. We're going to see some points. We're going to be on the edge of our seats. We won't even be sitting down because we'll be standing up. We'll be right on the front row, and we'll be sitting down if it's a shitty halftime performance or if, you know, you got to sneak a fart into the seat when you don't want to do it to the person next to you, right? So we'll be on the edge of our seats, Raiders 31-27 over the Chargers. No charges, no. Micah, what say you on your prediction for this game? That was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's unfortunate because you basically stole my prediction. But I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say that we are going to have round two fight from last year. 35-32 Raiders, exact same score. Last minute touchdown, put us up to 35. Raiders get the W, run it back. That's my prediction. I love it. And then this is, and don't like to get too ahead of ourselves, but I, I know we joke about making a run here, but let's just take a look at it for a second. Okay. Before we move on four and seven right now. Okay. This, this is why this is such a huge game. If let's say hypothetically we're speaking into existence, but if the Raiders do win, right, that turns them into five and seven. Here are their next games Thursday night on the road against Los Angeles Rams, banged up Rams team, very, very hungover Super Bowl champion. Um, Rams, and then the following week, come back, have another primetime game um, against the New England Patriots at home. Then we go to Pittsburgh for a New Year's Eve bash against the Pittsburgh Steelers, another primetime game. So let's just say we take this game right against the Chargers, three games, very winnable. That puts us to eight and seven. I know this is like, oh, that'd be so cool, but super realistic. Okay. It was realistic when we were supposed to win those games that we lost. Okay. But this is actually realistic folks. Right. So then that puts us at eight and seven. And then we got Niners chiefs to close it out. Okay. Both at home. So four of our next six games are at home. Okay. Four of our next five. Right. Do I got that right? Are yeah, I guess as of now, four of our next five are primetime games too. So all I'm saying is that the next, if we beat the Chargers, the next three are realistic that we will probably be favored in these matches. That puts us at eight and seven, back to closing out the season with two home games. This is a very realistic shot, not to say that we're going to go 10 and seven, right? But a very realistic shot that that is attainable. 
being 10 and 7, 9 and 8, 8 and 9, right? Okay, along those paths. I know we don't shoot for mediocrity, but really we just got the fact that we have a chance when we started out 2 and 7, something to be said. But it all starts with Sunday against the Chargers at home. Raiders got to hold it down. Love the predictions. I think we're in for a treat. But if anything, I don't think Vegas is factoring in the spread. It's just one point. I think you'll see that move to minus one and a half, maybe two, once they feel our playing touchdown on Saturday morning when the boys show up because we're coming. When the presence of the boys, the line will change. Mel Dreamy, little Mel Dreamy. Mike Hassan, Andy Mack. We're coming for you guys. Be ready. Cool. Well, great dub against Seahawks. Very excited about this Chargers game. We are going to close it out with our Raider Take podcast betting segment. But before we do, Micah, will you please tell the people who this episode is brought to everyone and the four-man Wolfpack. Bye. Absolutely. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday and will be my go-to this weekend. And here's why, because we will be in Vegas, as Andy has mentioned. This is one of the reasons why this week's RTP parlays and bets are so, so important because we are going to be live in the flesh, throwing them down, trying to get some, some bets winning, trying to really hit on every single one so that it'll absolutely pay out for us. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Very well said, partner. Getting back to the final segment of the day, we have our Raider Take podcast betting segment. To close it all, to close this Thursday evening. Now, Let's look back at the tape. And Micah, this was a historical week for us, okay? There have been weeks we've been one and three. There have been weeks when we've been two and three. My friend, we went three and three last week. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, it was a Thanksgiving parlay, okay? Parlay, Thanksgiving slate. It was a special um, once a year, right? Maybe once a year happens that we go three for three. Not so fast, my friend. I think we're going to ride on this luck, okay? Give me some of this. We said winner just a straight winner, an underdog to cover, over-under. We both confided. I know we played this bit where I'm like, oh, Micah, you're giving this to me last second. I got to do it all. Sounds like it's about me. Uh-uh. This is us, okay? You and I, last week, picked Dallas to beat the New York football giants. Boom, that cashed. Underdog to cover. I was like, dude, I don't know about Lions plus time. You're like, come on, son, ride with the Lions. Bite kneecaps. Rar. Right? They took care of business. Bills ended up winning 28-25. Doesn't matter. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Lions covered plus nine. And the final leg of that one was the over-under for the Pats-Vikings. That was at 42 and a half. 
Vikings beat the Patriots 33 to 26. Give me 59 points on that, Sam. What? We took the over three for three last week. Good vibes. It's either great vibes for us heading into Vegas or over confident vibes. Who's to say? Okay. But going into this week, a lot of pressure. Okay. A lot of pressure coming into this. We are going to go four segments. We are back to four segments. It was Thanksgiving last week. That was a special. We're going back to our four segments. Starting with the three-game parlay. This is a money line. So straight winners, and you got to take just that team to win, but you got to couple it with two other winners, three-game parlay. First one, we have the Ravens over the Broncos. Ravens lost in horrendous fashion last week against the Jaguars. Broncos suck. Okay, no one went to Russell Wilson's birthday party. They're terrible. Ravens, this is a get-right game. It's in Baltimore. Give me the Ravens over the Broncos. Moving on, this is a weird one, okay? My normal vibes would push me away from this game because it's just like a don't touch, okay? It just, you just put, pulled it out of the oven, don't touch this one. Browns-Texans, okay? This is a scary one for a lot of different reasons, okay? The first game Deshaun Watson is going to be back. And, spoiler Newsflash, he is a Cleveland Brown. They are heading back to Houston where certain historical moments were made. Um, Number one, Deshaun Watson started his career. Number two, that's when a lot of alleged certain allegations um, happened with Deshaun Watson. But we don't talk about that. We talk about football. Ultimately, the Browns are the better team. The Texans, I think they keep it close. But I think the Browns beat them. Not going to give a score. Doesn't matter. Take the Ravens over the Broncos. Give me the Browns over the Texans in that weird game. And the third leg of our parlay is going to be the Packers over the Bears. Now, going into it, Green Bay is just a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The only reason I'm saying that is just to understand the juice behind it, right? Uncertain about Aaron Rodgers. Sounds like he is going to play this week. Uncertain about Justin Fields, about him playing. They did sign Tim Doyle to their practice squad. Not like that's anything we need to talk about, but it could potentially mean that they try to get Justin Fields hundred percent. If he's not hundred percent, they just put him on the IR for the rest of the season. And Tim Doyle's your third string quarterback. I don't know. Right. But maybe no Justin Fields. I think this is a Aaron Rodgers. He owns Chicago. It's going to be in Chicago and also a chance where somehow the Packers still have a shot to make the playoffs. Could be Aaron Rodgers last year. Don't think it's time for him to turn over the keys to Justin Jordan love just yet. So give me the Ravens over the Broncos, Browns over the Texans, Packers over the Bears. Just random numbers, have a guy. That will give you plus 150 odds for those keeping track at home. You bet $100, you get 150 as the payout, okay? Ravens, Browns, Packers, all three, parlay, take them to win, take them to the crib. Underdog of the week. This is a tough one because I have had my ride or dies and you have had yours too. The commanders are one of them. And usually it's easy to take them because they're always the underdog. They're heading into New York to face the Gigantes. They are two and a half point favorites on the road against the Giants. The Giants have dropped the last two games. They were seven and two. Now they're seven and four. Everyone's like, oh, typical Giants. They weren't supposed to be that good. The commanders play one game and it's ugly. And it's like 19 to 17 always for no reason, right? It's a weird game. It's always ugly. This is a divisional opponent. I think the commanders come back down to life. I'm a big Taylor Heineke guy, big commanders guy. Giants are two and a half point dogs at home. 
hungry dogs run faster. Hungry dogs at home run faster and more efficiently because they know where their food's at. Give me the Giants at home, plus two and a half. The lock of the week. We have basically split houses here, okay? We have the San Francisco, really the Santa Clara 49ers, and you have the Miami Dolphins, okay? Similarities are Mike McDaniel used to be on that coaching staff. Everyone knows that. Raheem Mostert left in free agency, joined the Dolphins. Niners traded Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins. They probably need him now. So a lot of familiarity there with well, the coaching side, with the player side. There's been a lot of trash talk back and forth, probably one of the best games of the week. The lock of the week is not going to be one or the other. It is going to be both. Give me the over on 46 and a half for that game. 46 and a half, and I'm like, mm, okay, is it two? I mean, the Niners defense lights out, right? What you have seen is Mike McDaniel, very creative. Their offense is a juggernaut with Tua at the helm, which is a sentence I don't know if I would, ever thought I would say. But it's a team that I think is going to be, be able to manufacture points. And I believe it's the Dolphins defense that is not that great. And Kyle Shanahan is a genius. I think there's going to be enough points to give us a 24-23, a 27-20. to Come on, guys. Okay, 46 and a half. I think it's right in between where you're like, oh, that's too low. That's too high. I think it's right in between. Give me some points. Give me over 46 and a half for the Dolphins Niners. Now. Last one, the added segment that we added a couple weeks ago that backfired, certainly, when we implemented it against the Jacksonville Jaguars when the Raiders played them. But loser leaves town. We are bringing them back, and we are out for vengeance. Lions-Jaguars, both 4-7. and seven. Lions do have an outside shot at a playoff run. Jacksonville has the same record as the Raiders. Hypothetically, as much as we're drumming it up for the Raiders that they have a shot to make the playoffs, as do the Jaguars. Loser leaves town in this game. Okay, give me the Lions plus one at home. They're dogs, home dogs. We just talked about it. Home dogs, hungry dogs run quicker, more efficiently when they're at home. They find the food. Give me the Lions. Give me the Dan Campbells. Let's do some things. Jaguars, you messed up it last time. The original loser leaves town bet. Give me the Lions over the Jaguars. Okay, so to summarize, three-game parlay, Ravens over Broncos, Browns over Texans, Packers over Bears, Underdog of the week, give me plus two and a half for the New York Giants. The, the points count if they lose by two or one. I think they're going to win. Okay. Lock of the week, over under. Give us the over on 46 and a half for the Niners and Dolphins. And the loser leaves town game. Lions are going to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very special part of this is Micah and I have committed to taking these bets to Vegas. We'll be landing, touching down right around, I would imagine, eight. 45 a.m. on Saturday gives us more than enough time to catch some good um, some good NCAA football and get these bets in for the following Sunday. We are going to do it live. We will do it live always in general. Okay. Um, F it. We'll do it live. Um, but we're also going to get those in. We're going to be in a state that you can legally bet as we would never do that in a state that where you, you are not able to bet, certainly. So that's it. RTP betting segment brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet responsibly, 1-800-GAMBLER. If you got a problem, talk to somebody, call that number, phone a friend. Don't bet illegally unless you know someone. Oh, man, I absolutely love it. I'm so juiced because I can't wait to do it live, do it live in Vegas and um, really put our money where our mouths are at, right, and put these down. I'm going to put it out there, too. There's going to be a secret 
RTP parlay that I am going to reveal once the bets are officially in and made that I am just going to do um, that I have not talked to Andy about. Um, but it is uh, double down on an RTP parlay, doing a second one, a mystery parlay. I'll reveal it to everyone on Twitter with a picture of the ticket once the bet is made. And that's very exciting. Um, I definitely did not know of this sneak attack that you had, and I am going to be looking forward to it. And what I did want to mention is if you put all in one parlay, okay, you put Packers over Bears, Ravens over Broncos, Browns over Texans, you put the over on the Dolphins, Niners, 46 and a half, and you take the loser leaves town with the Detroit Lions, $100, my friend, wins you 1600 plus 1660 Okay, think about that. So if you parlayed it all. All of it. <laughs> Parlaying it all. Man, we might have to. If you did a three-teamer, which turns into a four-teamer because you're taking the Lions as well, take the over-under, and then you take the – oh, sorry, Giants two-and-a-half. Giants plus two-and-a-half as well. If you take that plus 1,600, think about it. Please bet responsibly. But, yes, very excited. Looking forward to, obviously, the trip. Um, and great dub for the Raiders against Seahawks. Looking forward to this Chargers game. Raider Nation, love you guys. Thank you, as always. Micah, I'm excited to bro out with you this weekend. It's great seeing your face, talking Raiders. Looking forward to talking more. Until then, Raider Nation, sit down, rest, stand up, right at kickoff. It's about to go down. Love you guys. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcast. Go check out the Raider Take Podcast YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, at Take Raider, um, to see all of the goings-on in Vegas this weekend. We'll keep you guys updated with what we're doing, where we're going, what we're seeing, who we're seeing, uh, and then what's going down with these uh, these in-person bets that we're going to be, uh, like I said, putting our money where our mouth is. So till then, uh, we appreciate everything. We hope you guys like the episode, and we will see y'all next week for a short week. Peace.